remind you that um, next Sunday afternoon is uh, Dan Van Horn's uh, ordination. And a significant event for Dan, but also a significant event, I think, for our whole church. Uh, It's kind of exciting uh, to kind of affirm God's calling on his life to serve uh, in full-time ministry. And so next Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, you're all invited. And then also would just remind you that uh, decorating for Christmas is uh, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. There'll be pizza here. And, uh, you know, many hands make light work. We have a big Christmas tree, you know, that goes up in the window and... uh, takes a lot of effort, and uh, there's other decorations, and so there's something for everyone to do tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. You know, we had a terrific Thanksgiving Eve service here, I thought, this year. Uh, the sharing was just wonderful, and uh, it was uh, Christ-focused and uh, biblically, you know, correct, and, you know, it was just a, a great evening, I thought, of uh, being thankful together. And I hope that you're ready to uh, now focus on Christmas, right? Uh, Christmas, if you think about it, is the world's largest celebration. What other holiday, if you will, is like Christmas? Christmas really is the world's largest celebration. People all over the world will make time to decorate their houses, uh, to find gifts to give, to sing special music, to travel long distances, to be with family. Uh, Some people will make special food. Right? Um, Some people will um, send Christmas cards or these days electronic uh, Christmas greetings. Uh, They'll have Christmas parties. I mean, some people will even go to church at Christmas time, right? It's the world's largest celebration. Christmas is very unique. I mean, what holiday is there like this? Stores dedicate an entire month, if not more, catering to Christmas. Uh, I noticed this year before Halloween, Christmas themes were out in the stores and so on. So children of all ages start to think, you know, all I want for Christmas is. And how would you answer that question? If somebody asked you, you know, we're to take off on all I want for Christmas, my two front teeth, you remember? Um, How would you answer that question honestly? What would you really like for Christmas? And then think about it from your friend's perspective. Think about some family that are far from God or friends that you have, maybe that you work with or whatever, who are far from God, and if you were to ask them that question, what do you want for Christmas? All I really want for Christmas is. And uh, we think that your friends might say something like this, people who are far from God, all I really want for Christmas is to be happy. I would love to be happy. Most people, if you ask them, what would you really like to change about your life? Most people say, I just would like to be happy. Well, guess what? Jesus came into the world with good news of what? Great joy. Christmas can make you happy. We think that some of your friends might say something like this. All I really want for Christmas is to never have to deal with death and loss. And think, Jesus came into this world to defeat death. We think that some of your friends and neighbors, if you were to ask them the question or ask them to finish the sentence, all I want for Christmas is, we think some of your neighbors and friends and family might say, all I really want for Christmas is peace. I'm scared to death to get up in the morning and to live. I'm scared to go where I used to go. I just kind of, you know, I'm scared about terrorism. I'm scared about uh, financial collapse. I'm scared about this. I'm scared about that. You know, all I really would love to have for Christmas... You know, well, guess what? 
Jesus came into the world as the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And so, you know, it's on you to bring your neighbors. Now, those are the three things we're going to talk about uh, in the next three Sundays uh, leading up to Christmas in the month of December. And so um, I want to just ask you this question. You know, what if God is really behind Christmas? What if what makes Christmas so unique is that God is actually behind Christmas? How is it that, you know, the birth of some baby in the Middle East over 2,000 years ago creates a traffic jam gridlock in New York City 2,015 years later? How does that happen? Why is that? 2,000 years ago, some baby's born in the Middle East, and today we have gridlock in New York City. How is that? How is it that every time we look at a calendar or write down a date, we're using Jesus as our reference point? That all of human history is divided into B.C., before Christ, and A.D., Anno Domine, uh, meaning the year of our Lord. How is it that all of history is divided that way? What if God is behind it? Everything in life today is dated from Jesus' birthday, from Christmas. Um, When we go to find out what actually happened... Um, at Christmas time, uh, the Bible uh, reveals to us the original story. And so uh, in the older part of the Bible, the Older Testament, uh, God has been talking about this event Christmas for hundreds and even thousands of years before it ever happened, uh, making sure that all the details are laid out so that anybody who's interested to understand whether this is really from God or not can know. But in Luke chapter 2, we actually have uh, the story of uh, Jesus' birthday. And um, when we go there, we see that um, there were some shepherds, some sheep herders out in the fields outside of a little town, Bethlehem, Israel, which you can still go to today. And uh, they were out in the fields just tending to their sheep like on any other night. But what happened next Uh, changed their lives forever and changed millions and millions of people's lives from that time all the way down to today. Um, And so it's pretty significant. What happened changed people's lives, and not just them, but everyone. The world has never been the same since. So we read in Luke chapter 2 that uh, suddenly a bright light appeared uh, against the dark sky, and an angel from God was over the shepherds out in the field, right? An angel from God, and the angel spoke, and here's what the angel said, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. They were freaked out. They had never seen anything like this before right? Uh, They were totally freaked out. They were scared. They were filled with fear. And so notice the very first thing the angel says to them in verse 10, the angel says to them, fear not. Fear not, right? Stop being afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Fear not. Um, God sent Jesus into the world He's God's absolute best gift to us. Jesus brings the best news we could ever hear. There's nothing actually more important in life than to understand the implications of Christmas for our lives. But the initial reaction 
to God bringing this gift close to us is fear. Fear. Fear not. God coming close to us. Um, I think the initial reaction of these shepherds is fear. If you go back just a little bit and backtrack to um, uh, Luke chapter 1, you'll see that uh, uh, when the angel came and talked to Mary about becoming the mom of Jesus, uh, she too was filled with fear. Verse 28 of chapter 1, uh, the angel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled by the saying. And tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. What's going on here? And the angel said to her, what? Do not be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. If you go back even further to Matthew's gospel, where we have the story of Joseph, the father, um, his reaction also involves fear. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, Her husband, Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. You remember that whole thing. Uh, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear taking Mary as your wife. Do not fear. I want to suggest to you this morning that still today, behind all the celebration of Christmas and behind all the gifts and all the gatherings, that Christmas confronts us with some very simple and yet very profound truths that can totally change your life for the better. Uh, Not just your life here on earth, but your life forever in eternity. But still today, the initial reaction to Jesus is fear. The initial reaction of God, our creator, coming close to us in the person of Jesus is fear. It's fear. And our inclination is to shy away. You know, why has Christmas become about Santa Claus and snowmen and Black Friday and family instead of God becoming close to us? I say it's because people still fear the thought of getting close to God. Um, Why is that? The idea of God humbling himself And becoming a person in Jesus, that baby in a manger, actually from heaven, by the name of Emmanuel, God said his name will be Emmanuel, which simply means God with us. And he comes in the form of a baby so that we, of all things, would not fear him. Yet the initial reaction is one of fear. Getting close to God and people respond with fear. Um... Fear can keep us away from Christmas. Most people, um, when they dare to even think about God, usually think that God is against them rather than for them. We sang it this morning. Holy, holy, holy. We all want a holy God. We don't want an unholy God. wouldn't be trustworthy and we wouldn't want to put our faith in a God like that. But our God is holy and we know that we're not. And so the first thought of God coming close to us is that this God is going to be against me. This God has got it out for me. This God is going to punish me, right? And that's why I think most people fear God, which is why it's so important for us as ambassadors of this God who sent Jesus to help people understand God is not against you. He's for you. 
Now, I haven't done this personally, but somebody has counted all the times in the Bible that God says, fear not, and come up with the number 365 times. One for every day of the year. God is screaming at us, fear not. I'm not against you, I'm for you. And the, the, the most creative way that God could approach us is in the form of a baby. Who's afraid of a baby? And so God comes to us in the person of Jesus, and the first thing the angel says is, fear not. Again, for lots of people who somewhat know the story of Jesus, the whole thing just sounds too good to be true. And uh, Jesus came to secure my forgiveness from God. Jesus uh, came to bring me undeserved favor from God. Uh, God actually loves me. You know what? The whole thing just sounds too good to be true. And I'm not going to set myself up, you know, to be disappointed. So I just don't believe it. I'm just going to keep my distance from it. I know the story, but I don't believe it and so forth. Jesus came to die so that I would never really have to die, like he says in Luke chapter 11. I'm afraid to get my hopes up like that because uh, I'm afraid I'm just going to be let down. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my independence if I let God get too close to me. When the truth is exactly the opposite, we finally find our freedom through faith in Christ and and allowing God to be God in our life and allowing him to be first, right? The exact opposite, we find freedom instead of losing our independence. And so uh, the first message of Christmas is fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid of Christmas, of all things. In fact, um, there's a place in the Bible where uh, God actually comes right out and says, um, uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 7, for God uh, gave us a spirit not of fear. If you have fear, it's not from God. It's not from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Right? Power, love, and self-control. Fear is not from God. God has not given us a spirit of uh, fear. Um, So there's a lot of fear in our world today, right? There's a lot of fear right now, Uh, but it doesn't come from God. The only way to have uh, Christmas kind of connect and make an impact uh, with our lives and to experience this gift from God is to stop fearing and to replace fear with faith. Fear and faith are opposite concepts. Fear and faith are opposite ideas. You know, and God assures us which one of these comes from him. Um, and if he had his way, he would fill our lives with faith and love and joy and peace. And uh, I think while faith strengthens us, fear weakens us. Faith strengthens us, makes us strong, right? Gives us courage, gives us stability. Faith strengthens us, fear weakens us. And faith and fear cannot occupy the same space. They're opposites. Uh, Fear looks inward on ourselves, and it creates instability and insecurity because why? Because we're always changing, and we're always surprised by what happens to us, right? We're always changing, and if we're only looking at ourselves, uh, uh, fear begins to increase, but faith looks to God. Faith looks outside of ourselves. Faith isn't looking at our feelings and how we're feeling and how we're... Faith is looking to God and finding out what he has to say. Faith creates security and stability. Faith thrives on trust and on truth, while fear thrives on our feelings. 
I mean, just think about what's happened uh, in our world since the terrorist attacks in Paris. And fear just spreads all over the world, just like in an instant because of the uh, media and so forth that we uh, have available to us. And fear just springs up, and we have a lot of fears. We fear our enemies, right? A lot of people fear our enemies. You know, God comes around and says, hey, love your enemies. Love your enemies. What a stretch. Um, But we don't just fear our enemies. We also fear things like uh, old age. Uh, We fear health issues that crop up. We fear death. How many people fear rejection? Some people fear market fluctuation. Uh, Fear thrives on our insecurity. Uh, A lot of us fear loss, the loss of relationships or the loss of friends. We fear failure. Uh, We fear being alone. People fear disaster now, you know, Disasters happen. We watch it on the news, and and uh, we worry that you know uh, some disaster is going to come our way. You can fill in your own personalized fear. Just kind of do an inventory and ask yourself, you know, uh, what areas of my life are being controlled by fear instead of by faith? And the angel from God says, "Fear not. I bring you good news. I have good news. God's come close to us for good news. Christmas is good news." What if we were to turn off the fear-producing world news and open up our faith-producing good news from God? What is this good news? And uh, what a difference it would make in our life and how it would replace fear uh, with faith. Because God knows all about our fears. He knows all about our limitations. He knows all about how we feel. He knows all about our unspoken tendency to uh, think that somehow our inner world would be filled with life and love and peace if only we could get our outer world all straightened out, right? And so at Christmas time, you know, you see this kind of come out. If I could just, um, if I could just get the right presents and cook the right food and wear the right clothes and have the right amount of money and get with the right people, then I'd really be happy on the inside. And people spend a lifetime trying to orchestrate all the events of their outside life to all get in line so that finally they can have that peace and that security and that sense of uh, all is well on the inside. But God says no. He says that's never going to happen. He says let me mend your soul first. Let me heal up your heart first so that you can live from the inside out. Let me put new life on the inside of your life. Let me fill your soul with myself. Let me fill your heart with my nature. Let my spirit run loose in your spirit and fill you up with myself so that you can then live from the inside out. And sure, you can buy gifts and you can celebrate Christmas and you can do all those things on the outside, but that's not where the essence of Christmas is found. It's found in this relationship that God created Uh, for us with him through Jesus Christ. Let me satisfy your heart, God says. Let me give life to the inside so that then you can live from the inside out instead of the outside in. Jesus said, I have come, why? That you might have life and have it abundantly. And that life comes from the inside and then it manifests itself as we live from the inside out. Christmas really is the best news you could ever get You know, there is something from God, something from outside of ourselves, something from outside of the world, something independent of our circumstances, independent of ourselves, independent of our health or our age, independent of our relationships, a gift from God, totally undeserved, wrapped up in the person of Jesus. 
It's good news. I bring you really good news. I've been planning this since I created the world. I knew that you were going to need this. I have great news, God says, through the angel. Uh, Great news, good news of great joy, all wrapped up in the person of Jesus. And the thing about Jesus, this gift from God at Christmas, is that this gift is unlike any other gift you've ever received or ever will receive. This gift from God um, is different than any other gift because you really do matter to God. Um, You know, October was uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, right? So... I appreciated, you know, all the different expressions. It was great. Uh, But somebody sent this to me, and they didn't sign it, and I have no idea who it's from. But here's what what it says. It says, uh, new Sunday morning sport jacket, 225 bucks. A pack of lozengers for trying to preach a sermon with a sore throat, $1.99. Groovy but conservative haircut, $35. What you do for us, priceless. How cool is that? I don't know who did it. Very clever. But it set me to thinking today. It made me think about this. Um, Think about some of the gifts that God has given us. He wrote us the Bible. 1,500 years. Over 1,500 years working through over 40 different authors with one message. The Bible. Right? 1,500 years. God gave us creation. Seven really busy days. Right? God gave us our physical life, a breath from him. That's all it took. Christmas, priceless. He gave us his only begotten son to go to the cross, to get rid of everything that's between us and our heavenly father. This gift from God is the only gift you will ever get that will last forever, will last for all of eternity. It includes eternal life. It never loses its wow factor. Did you see in the news this week that um, there's a new app for kids to trade toys? (laughs) Right? If you get a toy, and a kid has an attention span of of a gnat, right, when it comes to toys. They open it up, they play with it, set it aside, what's next, right? Kids of all ages, by the way, right? You get a new car, what happens? It's great for, you know, a week, and then what? Somebody scratches it or dents it or snows and it gets salt on it and You know, it loses its wow factor, right? And we start thinking about the next new car. Kids of all ages. So this app is so that a kid who's set this toy aside can look at another kid and say, oh, I want that toy, and he can trade this toy for that toy because that kid's doing the same thing, and they can swap toys, right? This gift from God never loses its wow factor. It's personal. Uh, It's for you. If you look in Luke chapter 2, this is great. It says here, um, fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. This is for you. This is for you. It's a personalized gift. It's for you, right? And it's for all people, like nobody's excluded. This is a gift that God has uh, created for you, and it's got your name on the tag. This gift is so desirable, you'll use it every day of your life and for all of eternity. 
This is the greatest gift that you could possibly receive. It's different than any other gift. It's really good news. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter what religion you're from. It doesn't matter what church you went to. Uh, It doesn't matter what happened to you along the way. God is for you. And that's what the angel came to tell us, that God is for us, not against us. And God gives the solution to our fears. God gives the answers to our question. God gives the key to our identity. God gives the love that offsets loneliness. God gives the forgiveness that cleanses us. God gives his presence that fills us to be with us. God gives hope through the promises that he makes about the future. And all of that comes wrapped up in the person of Jesus. So why did Jesus come at Christmas? I think perhaps the uh, best-known verse in the entire Bible, the uh, best-known line in the entire Bible, tells us very simply, John 3, 16, uh, God so loves the world, he loves you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him might not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. That's why Jesus came. He came to give us life. And with the gift of Jesus, we get rid of the fear that God doesn't like me, that God's not for me. No, God loves you. And you know what? All of us want somebody to love us. All of us want somebody to love us. And God loves us so much that he will come into our lives and he will influence us, he will change us, he will share his life with us that we might become like him and that we might be outfitted for heaven. And uh, I know that you're thinking, well, I don't deserve that. And you're right. Nobody deserves that. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's about God and the way he is. And that's the way he is. He chooses to love us uh, regardless of who we are. And so with Jesus, we get rid of the fear of dying. Uh, Yeah, our bodies wear out, but we get a new one. A much improved model, by the way. Death has been defeated. Um, So, like any gift, are you telling me yes, Dan? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, We have a testimony, uh, but she needed a ride here today, so Dan was willing to go and get Monica. Let me just finish here. Uh, Just like any gift that's ever given to you, you have to receive it or it doesn't do you any good. If I offer you a gift and you think I'm a terrorist or whatever or you think I'm against you or you think I'm an enemy, you're not going to take it. You're just going to leave it, right? You'll leave it on the table. Uh, Like any gift, you have to receive it. You have to unwrap it to be able to benefit from it. And faith is our response to the evidence of God's hand being in the Bible. Faith is our response to the evidence that God's hand is in creation. Faith is our response to the evidence that God's hand is in our physical lives. And most of all, faith is our response to the fact that Jesus of Christmas has God written all over it. Faith and fear are opposites, okay? If we fear coming close to God... Uh, we'll leave his gift on the table and we'll live incredibly impoverished lives compared to what God is offering us. But if we respond like the shepherds responded, you know what the shepherds said? Um, When the angel said, fear not, the shepherds said, 
in uh, verse 15, when the angels went away, uh, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's check it out. Let's not be afraid to get close. Let's go check it out. Let's see if it's for real. Let's see if it's really from God. Let's go check it out. And so that's what they did. Let's go unwrap this gift. Let's see if it's true. Verse 16, and they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds, uh, what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's check it out. Maybe this Christmas, you might be willing to come closer to God than you've ever come before. Closer to Jesus than you've ever come before. Putting your fears aside and allowing yourself to check it out whether these things might be really true. And allow God to fill your heart uh, with his presence. Uh, I've asked uh, Monica to come on up here with me. Uh, Monica is a young lady who's uh, here in the States from India. And uh, what's really cool about Monica, come have a seat, Monica. What's really cool about uh, Monica is that when she was in India, she received one of those shoebox gifts. Now, two Sundays ago, we had uh, like, I don't know, 250 boxes of shoeboxes that were going all over the world. Uh, to give gifts. And so we thought we would just ask Monica here what that was like. And so how old were you when you received one of those shoebox gifts for Christmas? Yeah, hello, everyone. Uh, When I was uh, 10 years old and my sister is seven and a half years old, we both received shoeboxes and we got it for the next three years. So I feel I am so excited to share this testimony with you because I have been on both paths of the world that the people, you people are sending the gifts. I'm here today and I'm in one of those people who received the gifts back in India. Wow. So how did it make you feel when you got one of those uh, shoebox gifts? Yeah. Uh, we don't get the shoeboxes uh, in the time of Christmas because it takes time for the boxes to reach there and uh, for them to distribute us. So we get them during the summer vacation that is, uh, we know, the VBS service, vacational Bible service. At that time, we, have, we used to get these shoeboxes. So most of the kids, uh, they get to church only to receive the shoeboxes. <laughs> Kids yeah. are the same all over the world, huh? Yeah. yeah. I, I have been part of the Sunday school service up there uh, as I've grown up as a from Christian family. So uh, I used to call all my friends, her Christian friends, like and other friends who doesn't belong to a religion. And they, I, I used to tell them, if you come, you will get a gift box that is sent from the United States. <laughs> so... <laughs> I used to call my friends like that, and uh, it's a great transformation that there are two of my friends who are who are Christians today who got baptized, and they are in the church serving in the choir to God just because I called them the, to receive the gift boxes and the small stories they liked. And 
the, the VBS service totally changed their hearts, and with those kids, the parents also started coming to the church. How about that? Yes. Just one more question. You know, how did that shoebox, like, uh, contribute to your faith or encourage you in your faith? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I have received a shoebox. Uh, uh, you can see out there in the picture. I have received my shoeboxes, and there are a few ties. And uh, in one shoebox, I got a greeting card of Annie, from Annie, I, I don't know her, uh, it is written, Annie, Happy Christmas, and uh, it is written, uh, in that it is written, always uh, love people around you, it is written, that greeting card, I still have it with me, uh, that is still, ha I have it with me, and it, I just uh, stick that green card to my wall in my room. It is always there. So whenever I, you know, uh, each day after getting up, whenever I, you know, do things around and I see the greeting card, I really feel, I really think of it all the time. Love people around you. And that greeting card has changed me a lot. It may be, when I was 10 years old, I don't know what that means. Why should I love people? Why do I have to share my toys? Why do I have to give share things? Why do I have to love them? I love myself. I love my family. That is enough. So, but when I'm growing old, that greeting card has changed me a lot. Later on, even Bible says, God says, love your neighbors as your brothers. So this box is really precious for me. And you can see a white colored tie that is still on my bed from the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I hug it and sleep every night. That's a special tie for me. And we kids, uh, it's, it's a really great gift for us that we people are able to receive the God's love and you people are able to share God's love to the whole world in the form of gift boxes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> so we're all going to be like you, and we're going to call our friends, and we're going to invite them to come to church, and we're going to give them a gift uh, this Christmas. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pause because you're a great God, and it's a privilege to be able to uh, speak to you. We thank you, Father, that you spoke first, that you came to us, and that you sent your Son, and that you are a speaking God, and that we can know you. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that this Christmas there would be people who would find the truth, that people would uh, transition out of fear of you and come to understand how much you are for them and that you love them, and, and that their fear would turn into faith, and that there would be that freedom, Father, that comes when we simply... Uh, receive the gifts that you've wrapped up for us in the person of Jesus. So help us, Heavenly Father, to be those points of light in the midst of the darkness, those points of faith in the face of fear, and, uh, and all because, Father, of who you are and what you've done for us. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, Monica and uh, for these uh, Christmas uh, shoebox gifts that go out all over the world. May you use them, Father, to draw people to yourself. 
We think about those that uh, went out from our own church, and we just pray your blessing upon them that uh, they would meet with people, Father, who would find Jesus and as a result be in heaven for all of eternity with each of us. We thank you and praise you for the privilege, really, of living our lives in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.